0: I got a brand new message. I've never preached this before, <clears throat> so I don't know how to go, but uh, this is what the Lord laid on my heart. If I should take a text, it's uh, it's in the old English uh, that God spoke to Elijah and he said to him, what doest thou here? What do you, what are you doing here? And we're going to find out where he was and maybe why he was there. I think most of us would be able to identify with what Elijah did or maybe even went through. Uh, Most of you know the story of Elijah, I hope, and how God called him. We don't know who his father was or dad, didn't speak anything about, about his family. He just steps out on the pages of God's word as a great prophet of God, to withstand the evil that was covering the land that day and uh, he prophesied and said for three and a half years it's not going to rain, the rain is not coming. Now when you go to the book of Deuteronomy you can see, excuse me, you can see why uh, it was a prophecy that was fulfilled because God said to him in the book of Deuteronomy if you turn away from me and turn to other gods I'll cut the rain off and whether we realize it or not whether it's the natural rain or the spiritual rain we need to rain and we need to rain from God and uh I know we know later on how uh after the three and a half years he went to the top the mountain he challenged Israel to come he challenged the prophets of Baal uh, the democrats and the republicans come on and he challenged them to, to, the, to the mountain and he said this is what we're going to do we're going to build two altars and, the, and we're going to put the sacrifices on it and the God that answers by fire let him be God I think that's a good deal don't you I think we need to let the God that answers by fire. Come on, the God that moves. And I'll tell you, the, the God of this world, is not him. It's the God of heaven. Can you say amen? amen. So we know the story how the prophets of uh, Baal and the end of the grove, they uh, got on the altars, they jumped up and down, they prayed to their God, and they did all these things. They even took knives and cut themselves, and they just got very fanatical about it. But nothing happened. Fanatics never bring forth anything. You need to understand that. We need the real and the genuine. Amen? And so uh, after a little while, after he had mocked them a little bit and and made fun of them a little bit, and he took the bullet. First he built an altar. He took the 12 stones representing the children of Israel. He built the altar, dug a trench around it, poured water all over it, many barrels of water because he didn't want any pretense that it could have been a trick. Amen? Amen. And so he prayed a 63-word prayer and the fire of God fell and consumed the sacrifice and the altar and lapped up the water and everything about it. And Israel began to say, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And then Elijah had the Prophets of Baal and the prophets of Grove uh, killed. Went on top of the mountain and prayed that it might rain. Seven times he prayed. And finally, the one he was sending to look for it, to see if it was clouding enough, he come back and said, there's a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And he said, go tell him it's going to rain. Now, that's faith. Amen. Some of us probably wouldn't be able to say it if the whole sky got black. But the size of a man's hand he said go tell him it's going to rain and he come off that mountain we know that he outran the chariot of ahab i mean i'm telling you he had him a day god was with him and every way and the next day i know that he felt so good about himself you ever been there when you know and maybe god uses you and you just feel so wonderful and so great and so good had a wonderful service and Oh, this, and then the devil sends you a message. And that's what happened to Elijah. Jezebel sent him a message. This wicked queen sent him a message and said, What you did to my prophets, by this time tomorrow I'll do to you. Now, why don't you think about that? What would we do? I know what we'd like to think we would do. We would like to send him a message back, send her a message back, right? Sometimes it just don't work that way. And so we know that Elijah ran for his life. The man who just called the fire down, the man who just prayed to rain back into the seasons come on, we find him running for his life. And he got to the edge of a wilderness and he told his servant, you stay here. He went in and got by underneath the juniper tree. You ever been under the juniper tree? Feeling sorry for himself, come on. Yes. Poor me. look what I've done and now look here, they seek to kill me. Well, he went to sleep and the angel woke him up. Fed him. You'd think that'd be enough, wouldn't you? He went to sleep again. An angel woke him up a second time and fed him and said to him, I know it's not here, but when you read on, you'll find out. You got a 40-day journey to the mountain of God, Mount Horeb, God's mountain. You go there. And for 40 days he traveled, not eating anything else, not needing anything to eat. And you would think he'd probably be on top of the mountain, wouldn't you? But he found a cave to get in, a dark cave. And this is where God says in 1 Kings 19 and 9, And he went thither into a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Now, I could preach this thing two different ways. I could preach it kind of on the physical, and I could kind of preach it on the spiritual. I could preach it on doing things for God. But I want to preach it exactly like it is here in the Bible. Here was one of the greatest men of God, one of the greatest prophets, Man that God had used so greatly, now we find him hiding in a dark cave, by himself, lonely, discouraged, feeling forsaken by man and God. Have you ever been there? Let me ask you, have you let me see you? Have you ever been there? Sure you have. If you hadn't, you will be. You may say, well, I've never done the great things of Elijah. I'm not a great person as Elijah. But James tells us different. James tells us that we're all the same. In James 5, 17 and 18, Elias, which means Elijah in, in the Greek. Elias was a man's subject to like passion as we are. Now, let's just stop right there just for a minute. What does it mean by that? It means it's time we have faith, and then there's time unbelief takes hold of our hearts. Sometimes we love, and the next time, you know, we might be hating. Shouldn't be. There are some things to hate. Then sometimes we have great courage and great boldness for God, and there's other times we fear. Fear takes over. Sometimes we are willing to forgive. Hello? And there's other times we are unwilling to forgive. I'm going to tell you something. One of the greatest hindrances in the church of the living God is unforgiveness. It hinders more than anything else that we can find unforgiveness. Well, they hadn't asked me. Well, they don't have to. You just forgive. You forgive because he forgave you. I didn't hear him bite the cross. I didn't, you know, said, forgive us, Jesus. Did you? What did he say? God lay not this sin to the charge. Forgive them, Lord. I tell you, when Jesus gets in our heart just right, that's the way we'll look at things. I'm not saying you're going to hell because you don't forgive people, but I'm telling you, it's a dangerous place to be in. A very dangerous place. And sometimes we have courage, then, like Elijah, sometimes discouragement moves in our hearts and in our lives. There are two things I want to point out. It may be true that you have not had a great experience as Elijah has as far as miracles are concerned. But we've had one of the greatest experiences ever to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Okay? Okay? If, the other thing is We feel that we may not be like Elijah, but as I just read to you, Elijah is like us. (laughs) Okay, you can put it any way you want to. We're like passion as he is. Put it back up. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth for a space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth brought forth her, her fruit. And James is simply trying to show you the greatness of Elijah, how God mightily used him. But no matter, God had a right to ask Elijah what he's doing here. Regardless how much he had done for God, how great he had been, and now he's discouraged, and he's in this cave, and he's in this dark cave, and he's by himself, and discouragement's there, and fear's there, and all these things. Who else but God would have a right to ask, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? This this one question really could be four questions, or it could be ten questions. I've taken four here today. What are you doing here, Elijah? Why are you running away from an evil threat? Why do we run so much when the devil threatens us? That's a question I ask myself. Now don't tell me the devil don't talk to you. He does. And he loves to get you right after you've just done something great for God. He don't want you to do more. He wants you to do less. He wants you to discourage you. Why are you running, Elijah, away from this evil threat from this evil woman? Why are you running? That's a good question. Then he could be, why did you allow fear to enter your heart? Fear. Fear. You can't have fear and and faith at the same time. Three, why are you hiding after such a great victory that God gave you? Why are you feeling so sorry for yourself? Fourth, what makes you think I'm through with you, Elijah? You ever get to feeling like that, that God just threw with me? Maybe you go do something you shouldn't or you have a feeling you shouldn't and the devils you know how he does you and he's got you up in this cave and you think, well, God's through with me. The man that's been sitting under the juniper tree praying to die. Now, do you think Elijah was a man of like passion as we are? You think he was kind of like us. First, let's look at how God used Elijah in in turning Israel around. I've done told you the things that he did. But Israel was under the leadership of a very evil king and and his wife was a very evil wife. Nobody that I read in the scriptures teamed up with so bad as these two people were. She brought the worship of Baal into Israel. Baal is supposedly to be the god of fertility, but really their whole, their whole services was nothing but a sex orgy and worshiping and doing things that we see going on on our television today. Now, I'll tell you, we might change, but the devil has not changed. He's still working the very same things as he's always tried to work. They' done everything these two done everything they possibly could do to drive God out of the minds and the hearts of God's chosen people. Hello, people that God chose, to bring Jesus into this world that we might be saved. What an offense toward God. The sad part is it's not only in Israel and Elijah's day, but it's in our day today. We see the same thing in the world. We see the same thing in America. I heard and read the other day where people in Australia are gathering together and praying for a miracle. Come on. Thank God. I'm glad they're doing it. We need the prayer. But where were we when Europe was changing? That's Europe. Well, now it's America. It's here. It's upon us. But you see, they keep telling us what we're going to do. And what they're going to do to us. Hello? You had seen it all. You just wait in the next few months of what you, your president is going to do using executive orders. Come on. He's going to send these threats out. He's already doing it. Don't run, don't give in. It doesn't matter what they do to us. We're here to make a stand for God. Come on. To lift our voice. There's more for us than there be for them. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. We we cannot run from these evil threats. For the Bible said, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I love it. We see how God used Elijah to challenge the prophets of Baal and prophets of glory. We see how God used Elijah to call fire down from heaven. We see how he prayed and he done all these things. And I'm going to tell you something. If Jesus tears, you're going to see God do some more things. If you think he's sitting up on that throne silently, Hello? Now, he might not call fire down, but I tell you, some of these secular humanists that we've got running things, whether it's in our education or wherever it may be, come on, stay with me now. They better get their hearts right because there is a fire waiting and it's called hell. Doesn't matter what the Supreme Court passes. You say, yes, it does. Not to us. I don't care what they say or what they do. We can still live for God. We do not have to hunt us a cave to get in. When God said, go to the mountain, he intended for Elijah to get on top of the mountain of God. Not in a cave. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of churches caving today. But I'm going to tell you, I plan on standing for God. They, they threaten my life good. I, I, you think I'm crazy, but I prayed many times. God let me just die for you. What greater thing would be to die for the Lord Jesus Christ? There's a special place you read in the book of Revelation for those that were martyred for Jesus Christ. Come on. You might take my life, but you can't take my soul. Praise God. And Jesus said, don't fear him that can kill your body, but fear him that can destroy both body and soul in hell. We don't need to be afraid of them. They need to be afraid of us. And they are. They are. Why do you think they're attacking us on every side? Huh? They are afraid of us. There is a greater threat than these politicians. But we don't have to cave to them. They can't do anything to us. They can pass all the laws. They can do all they want to. They can make all their executive orders. They can do all they want to. But my God owns this earth. Yes. Yes, he does. We don't need to be worrying about it. We don't need to deviate, deviate, uh, make it deviate from our standards. Come on. Every one of these signs that goes up on these bathrooms that says, whoever wants to come in can. Hello. You want me to give you a little example of how God works things? I remember when they closed the stores on Sunday where everybody could go to church. It's mostly in the South. There was two companies that filed a lawsuit in the state of Alabama. You know who they were? Bruno's and Kmart. Where's Bruno's? And when's the last time you've been in Kmart? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will repay. I got to spend my time fighting them. Got to do the fighting. Let them threaten us. The second thing, When did you allow fear in your heart? Fear. I said a while ago, you can't have fear and faith. If you got fear, you don't have no faith. Come on. Keep the faith in your heart, and you can overcome fear. Yes. My Bible tells me that the only person I'm supposed to fear is God. I got several scriptures here. One, one place, you know, Jesus said, Don't, I quoted a while well ago, don't fear him that's able to destroy your body, but fear him that's able to destroy your body and your soul in hell. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. In Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, he said, Let your conversations be be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Glory, I love it. Isaiah 44 and 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time that I have declared it? Ye are seen, you are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there's no God. I know not any. No God beside our God. Paul, in one of the greatest storms of his life, on a boat in a storm called Erecholim, Means which a, a wind of many directions. It was coming at them from every direction. You ever been there? It seems to me when the devil makes his attack, it's always at least three, three times in a short period of time. One of these days, I'm, I've gotten up and things happen, and this happened, and that happened, and then I say, God, what's next? That's the way it was with Paul and the souls that is on that ship. And let me tell you, they were all afraid. And possibly Paul was, because this is what God said to Paul. Fear not, Paul. Fear not. Thou must be brought before Caesars, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with you. That wonderful. I really believe Paul probably thought this was it. This is it. Going down, this is going to be it. There's no way, imagine they hadn't eaten in two weeks. Doing every, throwed everything out of the ship they could throw out of the ship, done everything they knew to do. It's getting worse. You ever been there? Proverbs 29 and 5 says, And the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whosoever putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Remember this. Number three. He said to him, Why are you hiding here in this dark cave after such a great victory you have? Why are you? I've asked myself that question before. Why am I why am I like I am right now when i God just done such great things? First Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God, which give us, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have an answer. We have someone that stands with us. 1 John 5, 4 and 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And let me remind you, we can't have a victory unless we have a battle. how can we lose how can we lose you may forget but we are sons and daughters of God 1 John 3 1 and 2 he said behold what manner of the love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not beloved we now excuse me beloved now are we the sons of God not when we get to heaven, not with a new body, come on, not when everything's over, but right now we are the sons and the daughters of God and we need to remember that, hallelujah. Amen. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Amen. Now, John wrote this before he wrote the book of Revelation. John wrote this before he saw Jesus we know what Jesus is going to look like. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have thought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And then Romans 8, 37, 38. Nay. In all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I don't care what new thing he comes up with. Hallelujah. We are more than conquerors. Yes, we, are. we don't belong in a dark cave. We're a city on a hill, a shining light. Number four, what makes you think I'm through with you, Elijah? That's what Elijah thought. He's in that cave, praying to die. Come on! Yes. After all, he'd done all these great things, and now he finds himself under a juniper tree. Now he finds himself in a cave, and no doubt in my mind, he thought it's over with. Uh-huh. God's through sure with me. I go back out of this cave, they're going to kill me. Let me read to you. It's a little long reading, but 1 Kings 19, 9 through 18. And he came thither into the cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with a sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. I'm going to tell you in a minute, you're going to find out he had some mistaken thoughts. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a And a great storm, excuse me, a great strong wind rent uh, the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Let me tell you how we think. When I say we, I mean we. We think what we need is a great, shakening, fire, Pentecostal, wind-blowing revival to get us out of the cave. That's what we think. But what we need it's just to hear from God. Yes. The wind and the fire and the earthquake, that'll come later, okay? But nothing will bring you out of discouragement like the voice of God himself. Yes. Yes. A still, small voice. I asked the Lord today, God, wanted you talk to us? I mean, I've had him speak to me and I barely, kind of barely hear him. You ever done that? I mean, you know, you just, it just tells you one time. I'm glad he's not like us. I I used to tell my kids one time, the second time, I'd pop them. (laughs) My dad was better. He He was the third time around, he'd give you two warnings. course I don't think mine was a small still voice but I'm serious sometimes we want God to shake us and we want him to holler in our ear where we know exactly it's God we know it's God when it's that small steel voice you may disagree with me but God ain't gonna make you do anything now, he might make you wish you had, but he ain't going to make you do anything. He wants what we do for him because we love him, and we want to be obedient to him, and we want to obey that small, still voice that speaks into to us sometimes and says, forgive that person. Hello? Quit holding grudges. Hello? Quit being so critical. Everything's not going to be perfect till you get to heaven. And I don't know if some of us make it. It might not be so perfect anyway. Small, still voice. Thank God for it. I've questioned him. I promise you, I have. I've questioned him on why he speaks, but I, I tell you why. He wants us to be sensitive to him. He wants us to live a life that we're sensitive to him and that with the smallest voice, we'll move into obedience. And after that, Back to the fire, small still voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken the covenant and thrown down thine altar. Same thing he said the time before. And slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Now listen, this is confusing me because people confuse me. Does people confuse you? (laughs) And I know I confuse people. But when he ran, he got over underneath the tree and prayed to die. And if he really wanted to die, why didn't he just go back and let her kill him? They, they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return unto thy, uh, the way of the wilderness to Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nenshi, shall thy anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of uh, Shaphat, uh, Abel, whatever, shall thy anoint to be prophet Israel in your room or in your place. And it shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay. And him that escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yes, yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed about. Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. Don't never, ever feel like you're it. And you're the only one. Whether it's in presence or power or opinions. Hello? Amen. See, God wasn't through with him. There were kings to be anointed. Yes. There were prophets. A prophet to be anointed in his place. God wasn't through with him. In fact, if my memory serves me, later, if my mind or my memory serves me correctly, it's seven years later before God got really through with him. He had to start some schools with prophets, more than one or two prophets. He had to train Elisha to take his place who received a double portion. I love this. I would love to see, I would love to be in a place where people saw Christ in me, they'd want twice as much. Come on. Wouldn't that be wonderful in the church that every sinner saw you and they said, man, I I don't want that, but I, I want twice as much as what they got. Well, that tells me Elijah had to be doing something right. And whether you realize or not, there's something you do right. It's just sometimes we do things wrong too, don't we? Yeah. Aren't you glad for forgiveness? Yeah. Let me leave this last thing with you. All this time, Elijah was running from Jezebel He's going to be killed. Then he got to praying, he wanted to die. Well, guess what? He never died. <laughs> Hello? Well, you're praying to die? You're worried about him killing? Him? Let me tell you something. There's a lot of us that's not going to die. Because Elijah, when he crossed over Jordan, that's when Elisha said to him, Can I have a got a request he said, what you what is it he said that I can have a double portion of the spirits on you to be on me he said, well if you see me when I go up you can have it then the chariot and the horses of the fire of God came down and separated him and elisha Amen. Now he didn't go up in a chariot he went up in a whirlwind took him up to be with God. The last time we read about him, he was on Mount Transfiguration with Jesus and Moses. Many Bible scholars say he'll come back one day during the Tribulation period. as one of the two witnesses along with Enoch, they stand on that because this appointed unto man wants to die after death judgment. I don't know. I don't, really spent a lot of time on it. What I'm trying to say to you today is where are we as Christians? Where are we? We know where Elijah got. Where are we? What are you doing here as a Christian? We need to be a united people to win the loss. We need to be people that pray for the sick and encourage the discouraged to do God's will on this earth, to love God and man. You know, when everything's going well, you love that scripture. I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor's thyself. We love that. Oh, yeah. That's us. (laughs) Everything's going well now. I don't know why he had to say, love your enemies, do you? (laughs) But he did. Paul said, love those that spitefully use you and say, oh, man, are evil. Come on. Love. God give us a baptism of love. That we love people. What doest thou here? Jesus said we're here to do the works that He did, and not only the works that He did, but greater works than He did because He went to the Father. Yes, He did. Now He's not talking about in quality, He's talking about in quantity. Because I'm telling you, each and every one of us has the power to pray for the sick. You hear me? And with faith, they'll be made whole. Brother Goodwin had some medical problems. They run tests and they did this and finally the doctor said, well, he was lucky. You got a church (laughs) praying. Sister Goodwin texted me and said, the doctor said, he was lucky, ha, 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 come on. And I'm telling you, that's what it is. It wasn't luck. It was the power of prayer. Come on. You hadn't got to have a lot of faith, the faith of a grain of a mustard seed. Peter in prison, going to kill him. The whole church was in a room praying for him. He got out, knocked on the door. Damson, come to the door. Who is it? This is Peter. Peter? She runs by. Come on. Said, Peter's outside. Oh, you must be crazy. That's his spirit. Here they are praying for him to get out of prison and he's out. And they still hardly won't believe it. So that tells me I ain't got to have a whole lot of faith. I tell you what we need. We need the prayer of faith that is the will of God. We know the will of God and we pray it shall come to pass. Can you say amen? We need to ask ourselves this question. What are we doing here for God? Stand with me. Jesus came here to seek and save the lost. I've enjoyed singing so much this morning. It's just great and wonderful. And I don't want to discourage him, but it ain't all about singing. And I preach my heart out today, what God gave me, but it ain't all about preaching. Amen. And whatever you're doing, it's not what it's all about. All that's about one thing winning the lost. Winning the lost. Keeping ourselves, living a sanctified life before God, doing those things which are pleasing to Him. That he may work through us and use us now here's my question turn me up right here if you won't mind here's my question what are you doing here what are you doing here now god gave me this message I was gonna preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I was kinda between two things. I come in my office and got about right there to come in to pray what and that small still voice said, What doest thou here? And my mind was flooded. What are you doing here? When do you come to church? When do we call ourselves a Christian? That's what God made Elijah to understand when He said, "Get out of this cave, go through the wilderness." Didn't say the main highway, Daddy. He? he didn't say the easy place. He didn't say take the trail or the path. Go through the wilderness, and you're going to start running into people, and I want you to know them. And that's what he did. Jehu, who he anointed king over Israel and it wasn't the next day that Ahab got killed. Now, okay, we we really hurry, hurry, hurry God all the time, okay? It's quite a while. But Jehu did become king of Israel and he went down to where Jezebel was and she painted her face to look so pretty and stood in the window And Jehu said, Who's on the Lord's side? And the eunuch said, We are. Throw her out. They threw her out. By the time she hit the ground, she was in hell. Let me tell you something. Don't fear these politicians. Don't fear these things you're reading, these things you're seeing. Don't fear them. Stand for God. Don't be afraid to speak up. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? If you're here and you're not safe, I'm going to give you an invitation to come down. But if you're here and you don't feel like you've been fulfilling the duty of God like you... No, you should. Why don't you come on down and let's let's recommit ourselves to God. Let's get out of this cave of discouragement and doubt and fear and unbelief. Let's do what God said to Elijah. Get on top of the mountain. Get up there. Somebody told me here well back there's in a the valley. I said, That's well, I understand that, but it takes two mountains to make a valley so two-thirds of the time we ought to be doing pretty good okay if you got a commitment you want to make to God come on down as they sing if you don't just stand where you are if you, everything's okay with you just, just stay there but if it's not come on down make up your mind today hear that small still voice not mine but God's that's sin. what are you doing here What are you doing here? Go ahead and sing.